Welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the subpar, mediocre at best podcast about being a new dad. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the completely unscripted, unconventional podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. I'm Matt, the guy who created a podcast just to call myself a dad ass, and with me, as always, is not just a smart brain with a cute face. He's Dude, the resident family counselor. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well. That was a lovely intro you've just put together. I wrote it down because I've been stumbling and you've been making fun of me. This is true. <laughs> and, and and I'm so honored for the guest that we have today. I did not want to screw up our own intro. Yeah, yeah. Um, how was your day? My day was fantastic, um, literally because I've been waiting all day to record. Like, that's how excited I am. Yeah, yeah, no lie about that, for sure. I spent... Um, I spent some some time outdoors today. Uh, Did you? Yeah, which is on brand for um for what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, so yeah, I'm also really really excited. So I have full intentions of going uh, and hitting the park this weekend. So we will jump into those conversations here in a little bit. Um, but we are honored. And just so psyched to be able to have Tim Maloney, uh, the executive director of the Columbus and Franklin County Metropolitan Park District, which we learned in 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 your bio in 2020, you had over 14 million visitors who enjoyed a trip to your metro parks. And you've also passed on your addiction for the outdoors to your two sons. So you are not only the leader of one of the best park systems in the region, you also are now passing it on into the family. So this is this is just so exciting to have you, Tim, here on the, uh, the podcast with us today. Hey, great to be on. And uh, you're going to find out nobody likes talking about parks better than me. This, this is exciting. See, I feel like I'm a retired tripping guide. Um, of of the trails of Maine and New Hampshire. And Sean was an avid outdoorsman before we all got um, old and had to work in an office and not be outside. So like, we're just excited to kind of hear about adventures and the exciting things that, that your park system have uh, going on that we should be taking taking full advantage of. But before we learn more about that, you have a dad joke. You know, we talked about this in the pre-show. You wanted me to, you know, prepare something and get something great. But actually, this whole Netflix thing with COVID sitting around the house, I've been watching a lot of Netflix. And there's a really good show on there about beavers. It's all about beavers. And it's just a great show. It's got to be the best damn show I've ever seen. <laughs> I was wondering where it was going. And I like it. Your delivery was perfect. Yes. Now I got to ask, is there really a show on beavers? No, it's a dad joke. Okay. I know, but boom, I just, boom. Wanted, I don't know. I didn't believe that there was one on tigers and then that became a thing. Okay. It, to be fair, it wasn't really about the tigers. It was about the weird man who owned the tigers, but uh. <laughs> I, I love that joke though. That that's, that's a good one. See, I had, I had high hopes for your dad joke and, and you definitely did. Um, you delivered. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> I like that. Now, see, Sean usually, if he knows the punchline, oh, ruins the joke. Yeah. <laughs> so not only did you have a good one, you stumped him. Yeah. Well, and and it was delivered in such a way that it was impossible for me to actually ruin. Right. And see, and and I thought that there actually was a documentary on beavers. So after Matt's actually now disappointed, he's like, oh. <laughs> I actually put it in my phone. Watch documentary on beavers. <laughs> 
now I have to take it out. Now I have to take it out of there. Um, so we have, um, Tim, like we, we were telling you in the pre-show, we always have a drink of, of the episode because we are that classy of a podcast. And before we learn about the parks, Sean actually has a special blend that he wanted to tell us about. Yeah. So, um, I've done this before. I actually did a, um, a dad ass blend, uh, probably six months ago ish. Um, so I really have enjoyed, um, blending sort of cheaper whiskeys together, um, to try and make something a little bit, you know, that sort of punches above its weight class, if you will. Um, so this one is a backbone of Larceny bourbon, an ounce of that, um, a half ounce of old granddad 114, and then a quarter ounce of old granddad bonded and a quarter ounce of benchmark. Um, and so they're all, all of those bourbons are should be right. Like 30 bucks and under, um, super approachable in price. Um, yeah. And so it's like, it's a nice little way you can go buy several different cheaper bottles and just sort of have fun, um, mixing proportions and all that sort of stuff. Um, so this is what we're, I'm drinking this evening. Um, we'll see if there gets to be any little tweaks or changes to it. Um, but once I get it all sort of figured out, we'll, uh, we'll put the, the next recipe out there. Um, and I actually keep, um, some small, like 375 bottles, um, so that I can actually bottle it up, um, and keep it, uh, in the speakeasy for, um, later drinking. So, yeah. Sounds good for a cold night. Yeah, yeah. As and, we record and it's snowing. Yeah, and it, it, I, there's the simplicity of, of mixing a couple of bourbons together. This is what I'm drinking, but I'd encourage anybody to try um, mixing some stuff together. And the nice thing is um, it doesn't have to be really expensive stuff. Um, you know, I'd encourage you to buy cheaper things and just little sort of touches and changes and things. Generally you want to have something higher proof in there. So that's where like the 114 comes from. Um, and larceny tends to be a nice, um, that's what I find to be a nice base for things. Um, but then you also want a little bit of lower proof things and by low proof, it's still, um, at least 80, 80 proof. Um, so benchmark comes in right at, at 80 proof. Um, so it should mix all nicely. I haven't done the math on it, but I'm going to guess this is drinking somewhere around probably 90 proof ish. I'd have to sit down and do the math, but now Tim, after, um, your big hikes, is there a go-to like on a hot day, like cool down drink or anything that, that you prefer? So, you know, you guys have cultured palates, obviously, from the conversation that I understood nothing that just happened. He, he's a nerd when it comes to it. So um, I'm, I'm at the I, other end of the spectrum. If it's cold, cheap, and got barley, hops, water, and maybe a little wheat in it, then it's mine. If it's got a fancy name, if it's got I, it's anything that talks about nuances, I don't drink it. So in other words, cheap beer. Oh, all right. That's right up my alley. That's you, totally fair. You know what, though? There, if there's one lesson that I took away, um, especially out in the White Mountains, there's nothing like a New England IPA or a simple Pilsner 
when you're done hiking a good seven or eight, you know, miles in the summer uh, heat. There, there, nothing beats it. Yeah. No, I mean, I tend to drink fancier beers. I will own that. Um, I will even call myself a little bit of a beer and um, whiskey snob. I won't. I won't lie about that. However, I try not to be a dick about it. You can be a snob without being a dick. <laughs> um, so if you like cheap, like cold beer, I'm totally down for it. Um, you know, one of uh, one of the other sort of uh, people I follow talks about the best way to dr- the best type of whiskey is the whiskey you like, and the best way to drink it is however the hell you want to drink it. Um, and so I think that you know. Um, not being pretentious about things um, is an important thing. I, and I totally agree that on a hot day, man, nothing beats. It, it does. It really doesn't have to be anything complex. Um, Especially like if you're on a big hike and you have that last mile and your knees are starting to hurt or your back super sweaty and you're, you have that pack on you. There's nothing like, all right, in an hour, I'm going to have something cold and fermented in my belly and it's going to be all worth it. Which, hard segue, I cannot wait to hike this summer. I have a 15-month-old son who I didn't want to take out last um, summer or spring because of, of COVID-19 and the fact that if I took him out back uh, by myself, I couldn't put him in a backpack. I'm so excited to take him hiking this spring and summer, but I also love hiking in the winter because trails are open. I'm not sweaty. You feel comfortable when you're bundled up. So what I'm building up to is this. What is going on with our parks? What what exciting things are happening for any of us in Central Ohio to go out and enjoy now and through the coming months? So it might start off a little preachy, but for over 75 years, your parks have been here open 365 days a year to do just what you were talking about, whether it's hot, cold, snowing, rainy, windy, anything you want. And we're really proud of that legacy. And we've got 19 great parks throughout seven different counties, you know, all throughout central Ohio. However, when COVID hit, you know, our, we, you know, we closed our nature centers, we stopped our programs and all that. And, you know, we expected a little bit of a lull, but the exact opposite happened. Our parks have been packed since last February, not in a bad way because we have 28,000 acres, but people are using our parks every day to do exactly what you were just talking about, to load the kid up in the backpack, to grab the wife's hand and head out on a trail and, and to explore on your own. So that question of, you know, where to go? Well, I've got 19 choices for you today, soon to be 20. We'll probably talk about that in a little bit. And find your own adventure. Every park we have will have a little bit of adventure. I mean, Inniswood and Westerville, pretty much flat, walking through a botanical garden. That's what most people think about it. But if you turn right instead of going into the gardens, you're into this dedicated woodlands on a, on a boardwalk going through a wet area. It's, you know, for a 15-month-old, be spectacular. In the winter, everything's off the trees. You see an owl population there that's amazing. I told you I'm a ramble and I'll just keep rambling, but I could talk about 18 other parks just like that. And, and I think that's what's most interesting or most exciting about our Metro parks. Every park has its own unique character and flavor, but yet every park has those comforts that you have in all your Metro parks. The, 
the one park I've explored the most uh, through this past year, and simply because, as I was saying before we started recording, it's literally in our backyard, is what I thought was called Schaefer Park. And you corrected me that that was never an official name. Yeah. So you're speaking of the 100-acre wood, recently, recently named. And that's a piece of property just north of Blendon Woods, just north of Little Turtle Golf Course there off Cambria Way. And it's the original parcels, about 100 acres that we bought off of a, the Schaefer family. And this is a very well-to-do family, you know, early 1900s to the middle 1900s, built their estate there, 150-year-old white oak trees. If you want to see what Ohio looked like back when Tecumseh was walking around, that's the 100-acre woods. This is old growth forest. You know, some people are going to look at those oak trees and go, well, they don't look like they're 150 years old. Well, they don't look that old because they've grown in a tight forest. So they're really straight, really tall. You won't find trees like that anywhere. And then there's, and you hiked it, there's big ravines. Mm. It's all along Big Walnut Creek, 80 foot cliff along Big Walnut Creek. There's a certain spot you get to and you're eye level with an eagle's nest. I don't think if there's anywhere else in Ohio that you can be eye level with an eagle's nest. And it, it's just an amazing place to explore. Now, what you won't find there is a parking lot. You won't find paved or, or graveled trails. It, it's not for the weak spirited. It's, it is a dirt trail and you kind of find your own way. But once again, it's, you know, if, you, if you're having trouble finding it or you want some more information, go, go to Blendon Woods. The staff there will tell you how to get there. But, yeah, you're not going to see signs or markers or tell you that there's 1.2 miles to go because it really is just an exploration on your own. And you have no plans of changing that, right? Like that? No, the most we might do is delineate a main trail. And by that, we mean a, a car snipe post, which is like a fiberglass post. So you can just continually look and see where you can keep going. But uh, the public, much like Matt, has figured out how to travel through that land. And it, it, it is spectacular. Now, it has grown a little bit. We bought a piece of land off the Smiths. We, bought an, we just bought another teeny little piece off of the Moore family. So, you know, that's a growth area of Franklin County. And the greener we can keep it and the more we can protect those natural resources, the better. I have to tell you two things. Um, but before I do, Sean, have you explored this part? Um, this I park, mean, I drive by it every time I come to see your house, but you haven't explored it. I haven't had a chance to first off, it would be the most epic game of capture the flag. <laughs> it would, there's lean twos. People have made lean twos, um, all around, which looks fun. Um, but here's, here's the story here. Here's how I first explored it. I went and I went by myself. I didn't bring our dog. I didn't bring, um, tuck, um, I saw the entrance where um, I'm walking up the hill towards it. So I'm coming from the opposite direction of the Little Turtle Golf Course. And I see an entranceway to take me. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to go. Well, one of our neighbors said, just follow the uh, ribbons on the tree. I was like, oh, okay. So I found orange ones. So then I'm going and just now that I've hiked it, you know, dozens of times since I'm nowhere near the trail, Tim, 
I, I'm just going down the little ravine. I'm going, you know, I can see all the houses of, of some of the neighbors. And I'm like, this is the worst. This is terrible. But I love it back here because there's nothing that shows me anything. But I couldn't find all the ribbons. And then I finally look to my right and realize I'm seeing people. And then I get over there and there's actual like walked on trail, but no signage. And then I was like, okay, now I get it. All right. I was just walking in the middle of the the woods <laughs> right now. It was, I just, I looked like a lost person. It was great. So, so you and I are about to have our first disagreement, which that might drive the ratings, you know, where we want to go. I love you it. You use the expression worst and hundred acre wood in the same sentence. So we well, are sworn enemies for life now. No, Wait a minute. You, I keep right. going here. <laughs> and what you were doing is actually what I find the most enjoyable about hiking in nature, and that is finding my own path and, and natural navigating and finding things that no one else has found. I, you know, I sometimes drift back to 200, 300, 400 years ago and think about the Native American who might have been walking on those same leaves and, and really finding their way. And that, you know, it's not for everybody. And Matt, I'm, I, I love you. Don't I was kidding. We can be <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I deserve it with that comment. That's what the hundred acre wood can do, though. It can have a foot trail that that gives you a level of comfort, or you can find your own way. Now, why the hundred acre wood is so special, and and this podcast didn't doing it justice, nor anybody listening to it, because we're used to as people living in Ohio today, our mind of a forest is trees, and in our visual, it goes from the ground to however tall the trees are. Because what we have in Ohio is a bunch of understory or invasive species, you know, honeysuckle, uh, calorie pear, we've got, uh, you know, multiflora rose. It's so common that we don't realize that 200 years ago, there was no understory. And when you're walking through those woods, if you think about it, you can see forever. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just a wide open canopy. A mile to the south, Blendon Woods is not, even though the topography is the same, it's got all the understory. It's got all the invasives. It, it's a totally different experience. And even if you're there in the middle of the summer, none of that understory's there. It, it it really is a time machine. Huh. And and you bring you bring up a, a great point. Uh, I am dumb. I should not have said what I said. But you bring up another good point though about I, you can get him to say I am dumb. You've made it. No, because I I agree with you in the sense that you don't. I love being off trail. Um, on my days off when I was working at the camp that I was at, I would have the boat crew drop me off at a private island and I would just make a fire and sit and explore this little island all by myself, not with, you know, without a phone, without everything, because just want to explore, get off the trail. And for, for a lot of us, we only know, you know, paved paths and sidewalks. Um, the reason why I was upset was I was told you would see the path that will get you to the ravines. I'm thinking they were referring to the ribbons that I thought was marking the trail. I quickly realized that whatever I thought I was following was not necessarily setting the path to the ledges. Then when I got on the trail, I was like, duh, there you go, Matt. I should have just walked a little bit more that way. It is I would say the amount of times I've been to Hawking Hills, those ravines, the view, the trees, the landscape, I don't need to drive that far 
to to go to Hawking Hills to experience what is just right around the corner right there. And and I'm so excited to know that it's right in the backyard. And and I'm even more excited to know what you have in store with your newest park that's that's um, going to be opening up this year. Yeah, so we call it the worst kept secret in all of Central Ohio, and uh, it's our own fault. But that's Quarry Trails Metro Park, which is on the other side of town, uh, kind of located on uh, the Scioto River, north of Treview, south of Fishinger, west of Upper Arlington, east of Hilliard. So what we have there, and and, and I'm a ramble, apologize again, is uh, has another great history to it. So early on when we were developing Columbus, we realized Columbus had a lot of limestone and we were gonna build our buildings, our roads, things with limestone. They discovered along the side of the river there, a limestone seam. And at one time, this stretch of land, which is gonna be Quarry Trails Metro Park, was the largest limestone quarry in the United States. This is in the 1850s through the turn of the century. Hmm. And really from downtown Columbus all the way up to Quarry Trails was a quarry. And that we've extracted the stone and we've used it for everything. Well, this quarry, oh, I'd say starting in about the 60s, they started using it as a landfill, which even though it's in a great spot, nobody really wanted to take on the challenge of how do you remediate a landfill and who really wants quarry lakes and cliffs and all that. And so we've partnered up with a private developer, something we haven't done and not many other agencies have. This is a public-private partnership where there's going to be a neighborhood I mean a real neighborhood, a thousand homes probably, inside of a metro park. So you think about it, we have a lot of homes on the outsides of parks. There's going to be an island of homes inside, and there's going to be lakes, cliffs, kayaking. You know, we're going to have a whitewater course, mountain biking, uh, sledding, uh, all kinds of things. And I'm rambling. I need you guys to then fire questions at me because I can go on for two hours on this. But it's a spectacular place. Whitewater rafting? Yeah. Well, it'll be whitewater kayaking. I, I misspoke. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, but still. Yeah. So, you know, we what we're doing there, and that's a neat little thing. You know, when you quarry out limestone and you walk away from it, the water table fills in and you end up with lakes. So down in the southern end, we have two lakes that are quarry lakes that are, you connect. they were connected by land. And there's seven feet difference in height in them. So what we've done is we've cut a channel in the rock between the two lakes, compressed the water at certain points that causes that hydraulic. And we'll have little class one, class two rapids there, which, you know, if you're a person who goes to West Virginia to run the new, you're going to be like, that's nothing. Well, the new's four and a half hours from Columbus, Ohio. I know it because I drive there quite often. This place is 10 minutes from 350,000 people. So if you want to go and paddle your boat on a Tuesday night, you can. And, and and that just brings more access to the great outdoors to those who don't have a means or the way to get down to the new um, to the new river. Um, that's that's awesome. I didn't realize. Well, maybe I did read that, but I, I that's just so cool that you were able to make the hydraulics and everything um, to connect two two bodies of water in there. And and do so they'll be like actual class one class twos. Yeah, and and it, it's still a work in progress. You know, there's That's a there's a creek that used to run through the site called Millican Ditch. When they quarried it, they rerouted the creek around it so they could dig the rock out. We're bringing the creek back into there. So we've done some math, and we think we're going to have the water flow at at 
sometimes during the year. We know we'll have it at high water events. We're also going to try to take some of the water out of the active part of the quarry that in their dewatering process and add it to this. So there's always going to be moving water. You know, we don't know, is it going to be 20 days a year, 100 days a year that we're going to have, you know, solid class twos going through there. And, and it's something we're working on. If we have to bring in a pump at a certain time, we might. Now, that sounds really easy. We're all familiar with pumps. This type of pump is in the ballpark of uh, 350 or $750 to a million dollars. So it's wow. it'll be an expensive pump. Yeah. That's that's so cool though to hear. I mean, because when when did you are if you're able to talk about it? When did you um, acquire this land or purchase this this? So land? we we purchased it in 2017. And, um, and what was happening with it before that? So it, it's still an active quarry today. Over half of this 600 acre site is in active mining. So okay. we early on we're like we need to hide it. We need to hide. No, we built a 6,000 foot long fence. So tags your little one. How old, what's your little one's name? Uh, Tuckerman after Tuckerman, Tuckerman Ravine on Mount you're Washington. Gonna be, you're going to be able to take Tuck and stand on the edge of a cliff, leaning on a fence, and he's going to see bulldozers and earth movers and rock crushers going. So we're embracing the quarry, and then yeah. he's going to be able to turn around and have all these great trails. And Dad's going to throw him in a canoe and paddle him through a lake. He's going to come there in the winter time and go sledding. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, this accessibility, and that is a challenge in our industry because, you know, they're the haves and the have-nots, the sneeches with stars. There are people that have advantages that other. By putting this right in the middle of the city, we've opened it up for communities that would never think about doing a yeah. whitewater experience. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, one of the things as a counselor, um, we know being outside is is really good for your mental health. Um, and having the opportunity to spend out, you know, spend time outdoors and all those sorts of things. Um, you know, I think anytime, um, we can provide that opportunity to a large amount of people, um, that's really, really important. Um, because there are some people that, you know, there's there's a section of people that you know yeah they can't they don't have access to going to the new you know down to the new or um, anything like that but um, some people don't really even realize the sort of benefits or how much um, adventure there is that's literally like a bus ride away I mean I don't know that I don't know um, if there are any buses that you can actually take from downtown like those sorts of things but I mean transportation you know logistical transportation aside like they're not that far away um no so this site is within five miles of three hundred and fifty thousand people when completed because part of this project isn't just the park it's the completion of the Scioto greenway which then links it to our entire greenway system so you don't even need to take the bus to get there you can jump on your bike you can hike you can jog you can run it'll be part of our greenway system where you don't have to use motorized transportation. So you're saying the exact same thing. We're trying to get people to our parks in any way they can get to our park. That's, that's awesome. I, I, for, for a hot second, when I was studying in college, I was studying public relations and political science. And I quickly realized that I was not cut out for politics. That's not the story. Bef when I was motivated to study, 
I always thought that I would move back home to the Cleveland area in the suburbs and become mayor. And my whole thought was, and, and it still is today, that one of the number one things we can do in our community is to invest in our parks. Because the more that people are out moving around, the healthier they are, the happier they are, the better our business community is, the, the healthier just the whole community can be in every facet. To know 300, you said 350,000 people within five miles? Yes. I, I That never once crossed my mind when I was reading articles about this new park. That That is awesome. Yeah, and you know, a little bit into that political talk, your metro parks, and when I say your, the, the audience that's listening, we are dependent on your support. So we're a unique park system that we go to you once every 10 years and we say, do you like your parks? If you like your parks, we need money again. And I mean, it's, it's that simple of an equation. And we treat every day like a levy day, or we treat every day like election day. And every one of our 14 million visitors is important. And we believe that if we continue to serve exactly what you're saying, our levies are easy because we're, we're good fiscal stewards. We get the parks close to you. We give you what you want. And, and we're always there to listen and, and make things better. Yeah. And I think um, for those people that are listening that are like, oh, you know, I've, I haven't really explored or those sorts of things. I'm wondering if, um, if you could sort of um, shed some light on some of just like some of the unique experiences that they might be able to find at some of our parks. Um, Cause there's plenty of unique, interesting things that are happening, but um, you can do it better justice than I could. So, so I'm a, it's two part answer. Uh, we'll start off with the easy part in non COVID times, we program our parks. So for those people who've never been canoeing, those people who've never been bird watching, those people who've never done an overnight, we teach those things throughout the year. And, you know, all you have to do is go to our website, metroparks.net, has a full listing of all the programs. So, you know, if you're that person that really the outdoors isn't for me or I'm just a little bit nervous, we can introduce you to that. Now to the really fun, you know, exciting things. What are some of the unique things you can do in our metro park? We have a herd of free ranging bison. Yeah, I said that for uh, maybe you guys know, but in Franklin County, we have a herd of free range bison. Now, People are going to argue, well, Tim, there's a fence around it. Yeah, we want them free range with inside the fence. <laughs> and you know, the, the funny story is people are like, well, why would you have bison? That's not an Ohio animal. Actually, bison were in Ohio before we came through here as European settlers and, and kind of took away and hunted them to extinction. So these are native and these are on the Darby Plains where they've spent thousands of years uh, secret. Nobody's you can't broadcast you know, anything. I don't want any of your audience to hear this. Perfect. <laughs> Secret, I think three, four, or five of our female bison are, might be with child. Oh. And if you do a little bit of studying, the they'll give birth March through May. So maybe you head out to Battelle Darby and check out some baby bison here in the spring. I won't tell uh, a soul. Don't we'll tell out. anybody. It's cut. Uh, so, you know, that's you know unique. Let's stay out on the west side, the Big Darby Creek. Yeah, it's a federal and state scenic river. There will not be a river expert in the United States that would argue with this. It is the best warm water stream in North America. 
So a lot of people, you know, thinking these beautiful mountain streams, you know, you mentioned the northeast part of the country. They, these are all cold water streams. Warm water streams, because of kind of how we've developed as a society, we've polluted them and, and made them bad. This stream, because of conservation efforts, because of longstanding families like the Galbraiths, is just a spectacular place. You know, 70 species of fish in one creek. Wow. You know, you, you go to the Olentangy or, or, or Big Walnut, great, great streams. They're like a dozen, you know, 15 species of fish. Just an amazing place. I'm just going to keep rambling about cool things in our park yeah, system. Keep, keep doing it. I'm just sitting back. Scioto Grove, our newest park till we open quarry trails. You know, we have urban backpacking at Scioto Grove. Oh, was, wait a minute. You're going to ask me, Tim, what is urban backpacking? Tim, what's Thanks. urban backpacking? I was so just going to ask guys, you. You know how backpacking works. You load the 14-year-old kids up or the housewife or whatever, and they buy that brand new pair of boots or they're the one kid that shows up in flip-flops or whatever. And you think, because you do it all the time, that six-mile hike is going to be really easy to get to before sunsets to set up camp and have that beautiful dinner. Well, that yeah. never works. That six-mile hike takes you twice as long as you thought. Somebody's shoes break. Then when you get to the camp, somebody didn't bring their tent poles, and they're blistered, and they're miserable, and they never go backpacking again. So urban backpacking, you're within a couple hundred yards of your car. That's all you need to go, but everything has to be on your back. So we've got six different sites down there that you park in a central parking lot, and we assign you to one, two, three, four, five, or six, and you go to that site, and you self-sustain on that site uh, for the weekend. And by the way, if you want to book it, it's been booked every weekend since we've opened two and a half years ago. Wow. And, and that's mid-April through October, right? Oh, and you are a, you are a scholar of Metro Parks. I was going to ask you, and I wanted to double check, and and then you hit it, and I was like, oh, perfect. Yep. Now, if I remember correctly, and and I apologize because I I I've only hit the uh, hundred acre uh, woods uh, this past year. Is that trail in partnership with REI? At Scioto Grove, yes. So that is the REI River Trail or REI Urban Backpacking Trail. So they were in partnership with us when we developed that park. That's so cool to hear about your your public-private uh, um, partnerships because yeah. that would be your second one. Do you have more? Oh, yeah. That's, we, that's we so love, cool. We love partnering with outside. And, you know, you were talking about your favorite cocktail. Last summer, like I said, two summers ago now, I had that whole COVID wipeout, we partnered with Land Grant. And Land Grant helped us sponsor Scioto Fest, which was a three-day festival, music, rock climbing, all this fun stuff. And they wanted to do something unique, and they wanted to have a craft beer made for it. So they worked with our staff, and, and our uh, a lot of our staff are into beekeeping. And Land Grant said, well, we might be able to do something with honey. So we donated several hundred pounds of honey to Land Grant, and they made what they call a rustic lager out of, uh, and they call it the outpost. And, you know, they were being nice to us and knew that, you know, it'd probably sell to people who were in the Metro parks. Well, it sold out in a month, but it was a spectacular light, you know, rustic beer made with our honey. That was, um, oh, that's cool. so cool. I, some of my favorite beers are, are heavy in the honey. And, and so that was your, your bees or the bees you said of your employees? No, they were the bees of Metro parks managed by our staff. That's cool. We know them all. We have every one of them named. <laughs> What's, who's your favorite? <laughs> uh, Esmeralda, she's pretty sweet. 
I figured you were going to say Carl, to be honest. <laughs> um, so let's keep touring around. Cool things to do. Let's head down to Chestnut Ridge, down on the southeast side. Yeah. World-class mountain biking. Oh, you don't own a mountain bike? Go to the other half of the park. There's the, there is one of the most spectacular trails down at Chestnut Ridge. It's a nice couple-mile loop, but it, the, it would be the northwest side of the loop. You can stand there and have a view of downtown Columbus. All the way down on the uh, Fairfield County line, you can see downtown Columbus. That's cool. it, It's just a great park. You know, Clear Creek, down on the Hawking County border. You know, a lot of people want to ask me, hey, why is the Columbus and Franklin County Parks in Hawking County? Well, way back, let's say in the 60s, the Army Corps engineers was studying the, the Clear Creek Valley for a potential dam. And a couple of the major landowners there knew that they couldn't stop the Army Corps from damming that valley. So they donated the land to who they thought would be a good steward of the land. And, you know, we were in our infancy then. We were just a few parks, few hundred acres for us to manage it. So that's why we ended up with that. Now that's a 6,000 acre state nature preserve in the Neotoma Valley, it, you know, ferns, caves, real hiking. You know, you're talking about heading to Hocking Hills. This is Hocking Hills without the crowd. Now, I, I have a question because we're, we're at this park now. I'm visualizing all these parks I've been to. We're, we're, we're going around the perimeter of Central Ohio. Someone once told me, and, and please, for, for at least for me and no one else listening, I heard a rumor that this tr the trail there was laid out by the director of that park at whatever point. No one ever told me that because it was to prep him to climb um, the Himalayas. Is, <laughs> is that true? Your, your, your fact is somewhat correct. The trails have been there <laughs> since Native Americans were walking around. John O'Meara, who I followed as executive director, didn't lay the trails out. But John O'Meara is a Himal he, John O'Meara has summited six of the seven summits in the world. Wow! He has attempted Mount Everest twice oh. and failed at. Uh, I, and I'm not a mountain climber like that, but in the death zone. I mean, he has been to the almost tippy top of the world. But, you know, he's done the Vincent Massif. He's done Kilimanjaro. He's done McKinley. He's done all of them but Mount Everest. So he trained at uh, Clear Creek when he was in training to do those. That's a nice hike down there. That's oh, spectacular. So I'm really getting into um, – so I was really into backpacking for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then um, – Recently, I've been getting into reading about um, like overlanding and drive, you know, sort of like driving out to like more remote places. And, um, you know, I don't think we necessarily have anything out this way. But, um, you know, what about somebody who wants to do some camping or, um, you know, overnight sorts of things? Uh, do you have any of those options? No. So we don't do it. We don't have an official campground and we don't allow any backcountry camping as what you're talking about. We let our partners with Ohio Department of Natural Resources really hit that. They, they do an excellent job with that. We're, we're into the more specialized. We're, we're talking of creating a new backpacking trail. Once again, hit mute. Don't, you know, broadcast to the world secret. But uh, we're hoping to open up that trail this summer, which will be a more 
um, you know, more challenging backpacking than our urban backpacking yeah. down the side of the Grove. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we don't have a third shift and it's, you know, really tough for us to invite guests into our park where we're not there to help them if they need it. So we're really the first shift, second shift kind of park. Well, Tim, and- I gotta, I gotta tell you, there've been a few times after work, I've been so stressed, but I was listening to, and I kid you not, I have a playlist called I'd rather be hiking. Um, and I'm on my way and I pass the park and I'm just like, I'm going to take my two person tent. And I'm just going to get out of the site from this road. I'm just going to pitch it back there for the night. I've never done it. And I never will because I know that you don't allow that, but I just want you to know that there may or may not have been those thoughts. And at one point, <laughs> And, and, very tempted and, and you will get caught and then you'll name drop your best friend tim <laughs> like it's gonna help you and they'll say tim who <laughs> <laughs> no i i know you frown upon that but man there are a bunch of your parks that i look at and i'm just like if there was a way this would just be so beautiful yeah but i think that you know from what i'm hearing um you talk about tim the nice thing is i mean um, there are places within driving distance where you can do the backpacking and all that stuff. But, um, you know, what I think, as I hear you describe our, our park system, um, yeah, you can't do any overnights, but that doesn't mean you can't get into some gnarly hikes, um, some day hikes. Right. Um, but then there's also this, um, approachability if you're not a hundred percent like comfortable in um, the wilderness and all that sort of stuff. And so the fact that we sort of have the opportunity, there's something for everybody there. Um, You just have to like know where to look or where that adventure is. Um, You know, I feel like that's probably Kimberly and I chose where we live, um, which is like Westerville. We live close to Matt. um, So near like the hundred acre wood. Um, in part because like Westerville has some wonderful parks. Um, and, um, you know, I think that's, that's something that, um, during COVID I, I came to appreciate like the adventure in my backyard. Right. Um, both literally and figuratively. Um, I actually, you were talking about like liking to go out and sort of find your own way. Um, not in a Metro park, but literally, uh, in the back of our development. Um, there was a, a a creek that's running through it and i was like oh you know like let's sort of see where this goes um and had an absolute blast literally just exploring like i don't know 150 yards from my front door um and so i think that that's something that um i would encourage people to try and get out and do um with our park system um because even even you could be in the worst mood. I was thinking about Matt, when you're talking about like driving home, like stressed and all that sort of stuff, you'd be in the worst mood. Um, and if you can find 25 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever to go out and just hike for a little bit. And whether that's hiking on a paved trail or something that's a little bit more rustic, um, like I almost guarantee you'll leave that, park or that situation better than when you arrived um i mean there's actual science that shows physical exercise actually releases some of those neurotransmitters and all that sort of stuff um but then there's just like the whole other aspect of 
um, just being in a place that sort of makes you realize like how tiny you are sometimes or how like um, it helps like sort of put things into perspective. I'm thinking about um, when I was going through chemo, um, I and I don't I would assume this is I don't know if this if this is uh, you guys or not. There's a park um, in just, uh, I guess, north of us. Oh gosh, I can't remember what they have a couple of dog uh, a, a dog park that you can take the dogs to yeah, in New Albany. Yeah, I can't think of Rocky a, Fork. Rocky Fork, thank you. Yeah, is that so it's a wonderful park? park? So of course it's one of ours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, one of the nice things I did, uh, I was going through chemo. Um, there's a, a a bridal trail that you mm-hmm. can, uh, but you can also walk if you want. Um, and I went out there and I actually just sat for like an hour and just like listened to things. Um, you know, we like, I like to do audio stuff. So I recorded some 360 audio. Um, and it was just really nice to just, it wasn't even that I was doing anything, um, physically exerting, right? Like, cause I was tired from chemo. Um, but just being outdoors and like watching the world sort of happen around you, I left that feeling like so much better than when I, I went in. And I think that that's an experience that even if you're like, I don't know, nature's not really my thing. Um, I would encourage anybody to go out and just, you know, I'd say it may be, maybe you think it's not your thing, but maybe you just haven't had the right experience yet. And our park system has a wide variety of interests and skill and all that sort of stuff. And like you talked about bison, like, how cool is that, right? Um, so what about parks up on the north end of things? We were kind of down south and west, right? So what about like northeast parks or that sort of general? Well, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, Rocky Fork. So Rocky Fork is another one of these partnerships. So we partnered up with the city of New Albany, uh, the the township up there in the city of Columbus. And not that this is a secret or anything, but I don't think people understand how development works. That was a play by all of our agencies to conserve and protect from development. So these were privately owned pieces of land that we acquired over a period of years. And we got investment from the city of Columbus and from New Albany and from the township to restrict development in those areas, to make sure that that stays green for the next 100, 200, 300 years. Mm-hmm. And Rocky Fork's got great trails. It's got a really cool wetland. It's got bridal trails. It's got two dog parks, everything, a good play unit in this multi-family, big giant shelter. It's, it's just a really cool place right next to the city of New Albany's sports park. So okay. if you're there watching your kid play baseball and you got a few minutes and you want to clear your head like you did, it's just right there. Then we can work our way a little bit uh, westerly and, uh, you know, Sharon Woods, you know, Sharon Woods is a park I first went to. It's, it's my memorable park as a kid. And, you know, Sharon Woods is that atypical metro park. It's almost square. It's about 600 acres. It's got a trail that goes all the way around it. When you're inside the park, you have no idea. You're right in between 270 and I-71. You can just disappear. It's a, you know, just one of those amazing parks. Then if you head a little further north and a little bit west, there's a park not many people have heard of. It's called High Banks. Not many visitors go to that park. In fact, I, we probably need to talk tonight to promote it, to get more people to go to High Banks, because you know, I've really never seen anybody at that park. So let's stop right there. Where's that located? 
<laughs> it's on Route 23, just north of Worthington. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. We uh, used to listen to the podcast and are going, what are they talking and giggling about? High Banks has, is historically our highest attendance park. In- I was just going to ask you. It had about a million and a half visitors this year. Uh, however, people go there and they love it. And they never complain and you never hear crowded. Parking lots are generally full. However, it's 1,100 acres. Even when it's at its maximum capacity, you take a few steps off of the parking lot and you disappear. You know, there is so much area there to explore and see. That, and you can spend a lifetime and never see all of High Banks. I, you know, I've been director now over six years. I go to High Banks all the time. I'm still finding new things at High Banks. And I get paid to go to High Banks. It, it, I, it's a great was my park growing up because I grew up in Powell. Yep. Um, so just right right there. It's on Powell Road. Yeah. So Tim, let, let me ask you this. Can can I can we stop our tour right now at High Banks? Because you you had hit something. I wanna can I rapid fire a couple questions at you? Absolutely. If Tim had four hours of free time, what park are you going to? Who you're kind of asking me the question, which of my children do I like better? Now, everyone knows I like Jack much better than Max. That's easier than what is my favorite park. <laughs> However, as you um, see Max's it, room, by the way, <laughs> you know, I am not the, you know, the, the bourbon aficionado, but I'm a park aficionado and it really depends what the day is. But if, if an alien landed and wanted to go on a hike, I'm going to tell you, most people in Columbus would take them to High Banks, and it wouldn't be a bad move. I'd take you to Chestnut Ridge because it's very similar in topography, but it's unexpected. If I wanted to paddle, I'd paddle the Big Darby. Uh, if I wanted to disappear, most people are going to say, I'd say the 100 acre wood. We've talked about it too much. No, I'd go down to Slate Run. Slate Run has so many places to disappear and, and, and just become invisible. And, uh, Oh, it's just such, you know, you go to Enniswood at any time of the year and something's blooming and spectacular, you know, Enniswood is that great place to take your out of town guest and act like it's your park because they'll be like, you have this park and there's no admission. And, you know, it's just, it's fascinating to take people there. So I've spent more than four hours. I know in my little journey there, <laughs> so so which one which um park did you take your boys to the most or have the best adventures blendon woods probably has been our biggest adventure because we went through a phase where we played war a lot where we'd find sticks and you're familiar with blendon woods they've got all those shelters and we would be world war ii and we would attack and like even my 15 year old now still talks about that. Like it was yesterday. And I guarantee you, he'd still do it with me. Um, but lately Glacier Ridge has been on our hot priority because we've just put some new things in at Glacier Ridge and that's up on the Northwest side. We put in this, Oh, almost like American Ninja warrior fitness course that they just love doing. It's got a brand new great dog park. And then it's got this kind of parkour setup that started off as a wooden playground build for the, uh, up or for the Ohio state school of architecture, build it. There's another private in a partnership, but it turned into this parkour course. And yeah, so we're probably at 
right now we're probably at high banks or uh, glacier the most. In in this is my fi- my final rapid fire, Sean, and then I'll I'll I open it up. Yeah, see, he's the king of rapid fire. Oh. I'm going to take you, if if you will, Tim, if you'll take a journey with me, an adventure with me outside of your parks. What is the best trail outside of your parks? Because all of them are amazing and and the best. Best trail hike, backpacking adventure, or mountain you've climbed? You. Okay, so I've got a couple. One, the Avalanche Lake Trail at Glacier National Park is spectacular. I love it. It's an easy day. It's not even a day hike. It's a nice short journey. Also, the hike to Wind Cave, not the one that everybody knows about in South Dakota. There's a little wind cave in Idaho on the backside of the Tetons that I like taking people to. And the coolest hike or backpacking thing I've ever been on, one time I hitchhiked. I don't know if you're familiar with Yellowstone, but there's kind of a circular road around the center core. And it's kind of the old caldera when it was a volcano. I hitchhiked to the other side and I backpacked back to my car. And, <laughs> and it was it was pre-GPS. This is compass oh. reading and finding trails. Uh, about three days in, I found an, uh, a geology class from, I forget what college now, and I stayed with them for two days. But, oh. That's yeah. so cool. Sean, one more, and then I'm going to let you, you because right, he's right. the king. I'm going to bring this all the way back now. You said that at, by the end of this year, you'll have a new backpacking trail um, open. If you need dummies, test dummies, test backpackers, <laughs> can we be here too? Yeah. You know, all I heard was dummies, and whenever I think of dummies, I think of you two. Thank you. <laughs> 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 All right, so here's my question. Or right, a couple questions. First one. Um greatest park you've never been to but want to go. Banff. Okay. Oh! Mine too. I have two pictures right upstairs by my bar. Yep. All right. Um Let's see. Um What's in your um what's in your day pack for snacks? Oh, Tim. Is there anything else? Gorp. What? Gorp. What is Gorp? Oh my this oh, interview Gorp. is over. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. I was like, wait, wait, come on, bud. I you know, and 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 usually I'm too lazy to make it, which it's two ingredients. Which means it's probably a payday bar then. And I highly recommend the payday because one, it's got the sugar to get you going. It has no chocolate in it, so it never melts. And it's just as decadent as a Snickers bar. Snickers bar is there, but it can melt. All right. Tim, I, I want to throw one thing out to you because you are the hiking legend now um, in, in my book. I want, I want to aspire to be you. Um, trail mix, all nuts, Swedish fish. Boom, right there. I had someone that I hiked with on the tripping guide team. She's like, you just mix the nuts, you put Swedish fish in there. It yeah, never gets I don't like Swedish fish though. You have to. Oh, One, no, it's I f- love Swedish fish. Oh. It it gives you just enough sweetness, but it's you like get all the M and M's in. See, I do the same thing with M and M's, but I'm gonna do the sweet. I have Swedish fish in my house right now. 
I always have them. For, when when I first got married, the number one gift that I got at holidays from my in-laws were Swedish fish because I converted Heather, who never hiked, and then got her to the point to name our son after a mountain, uh, a trail up a, up a mountain, Tuckerman Ravine. All I got was Swedish fish, no joke. But when you mix the nuts and the power of the fats, the um, nutrients you're getting from the nuts, the Swedish fish never melt. They never get extra sticky. It's perfect. Yep. And you got to get the little ones, not the big ones. Exactly. And then I found out that they have like a rainbow flavor. Not as good. They're not. But (laughs) then all of a sudden it's like mile three. Oh, I just got lemon. Mile four. Oh, I just got, I don't know what that was, but it was good. You're fooled by the big marketing co-ops. They're all the same flavor. They just are yeah. different color. I like the that's small. Like, I, that's well, like that's Yankee true. Candle. Yankee Candle is like four cents with just a <laughs> bunch of different labels, if we're being honest with you. Yes. <laughs> all right. I, I cut you off from your questions, Tim. You, you're hitting our heart and the passion that we've both been missing. And so he's the king. Of of rapid fire questions, uh, best place you've ever seen a sunset? Uh, the Lorelei in Isla Mirada, Florida, huh. with George Bush. Boom! Mic drop. <laughs> Interview over. <laughs> now that's the older George Bush. I can't, I don't know their initials, but it's the first George Bush. And he won't remember being with me because he was with his table with his protection and I was at the other side. But, you know, as long as you don't put this on air, we were together. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Lorelei that- faces uh, Florida Bay down in the Keys. Absolute fabulous sunset. Oh. Oh, I bet. All right. Um, last last question. Somebody says, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars and a plane ticket. And 48 hours. Where are you going? Your plane ticket's free. Jackson, Wyoming. I'm going to have my little two-man tent because it's just going to be me. And I'm going to camp at Jenny Lake in the National Park. I know it's campground, but I just love that place. Mm. All right. I have like three more hours of questions, but I don't want to take up your, your entire day. Um, all I know is this isn't going to air like the same time that we're recording. I am going to be in a park here in the next like 24 to 48 hours. And I don't care how cold, snowy or wet it's going to be. Um, if folks wanted to find out more information about the parks, where would you tell them to go? There's really one source and that's metroparks.net. But if you're not currently following our Facebook, we're kind of that we still are heavy in our Facebook. And that's a great way to get really modern, you know, up to the minute information. And then if you're cool and happening to hip like I am, Instagram. All right. It's so true. Or YouTube, because you have your Tim Talks. Oh, the greatest television there is. <laughs> it, 
Tim, greatest is even an understatement. <laughs> I, I want to just throw this out there because we're trying to make it have a comeback. Um, we have no um, stock in this company. There, There's no financial kickback. We're just trying to make it a thing again. Maybe the Metro Parks could um, consider open, getting a MySpace page again. Oh, absolutely. Because the Dadass has a MySpace page. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is so now user-friendly yeah. <laughs> talk to your communication to bring team. other people in thank you so much for walking us through this thank you for just giving me an idea of of how how quick it is to get to another park thank you for walking us through the new parks uh before i finish we can be your test dummies for the new park? Oh, oh no, absolutely. So you know how to get a hold of me. Perfect. And, and my and space. I get a rapid fire. Per- oh, perfect. Oh. All right. Yeah, this is, you don't get to this. So you guys are pretty familiar with the country. I'll just do a test. Where's the largest outdoor climbing wall in the United States of America? Uh, that would be at the Audubon Park. In- <laughs> I was just going to say, I think this is a trick trick question. (laughs) I used to live in German village. Sorry. I always hike Metro parks. (laughs) He had one in his basement, a climbing wall. I had a bouldering wall. Yeah. But, but I lived in German village. Well, I lived uh, brewery district as well. Not as big as ours. (laughs) Is it really the biggest? Yeah. And it's right here. In Columbus. Is it free to use still? It's only free to use 365 days a year. The other days, we charge. Jeez. Tim, I I knew we had a great park system, but I I did not know. And we are so thankful to have you on here. Thank you so much for enlightening us. Did you have another rapid-fire question? Where can you get in a time machine and travel to the 1880s? going to say back to Sayota. No, Slate Run, Run. Living right. Historical Farm. Wait, where did you say the bison were? Patel Darby. Oh, that's okay. But that's... have you taken your little one to the to the historical farm? No. Oh no, so we actually have a working farm. Everything is period, including the restroom. It's <laughs> And no, my staff there they raise the food, they eat the food, they do programs on how they butcher a, a hog. It I wouldn't recommend for your little one taking them there on that day, by the way. That's that one. So you got to be a little have a little sensitivity. But That's it's awesome. a cool little place. It you know, it's a little bit restricted during COVID, but because we have animals and everything, it's still open. I knew we had cool stuff here in, 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 in our park system. I just didn't realize even just trying to like, look at your website before, just to feel like I was a little bit prepared. (laughs) Obviously this is awesome. This, this is awesome. Thank you, Tim. So, so much for being a part of this. Thank you for just being a leader um, for conservation and parks and being outside in, in our community, this, and for being on our podcast. This is awesome. Thank you. Sean, do you, do you have more questions? No, no. I mean, I'm with you. I could sit and talk for hours and I plan on finding myself in a park um, pretty soon. We're we're going to be we're test dummies. He said he's going to walk it with us. We have it on 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 uh, on cassette tape now. 
<laughs> so I just want to say thank you to Tim. Thank you, dude, for being with us. Thank you for listening to us on whatever platform you're on. Be sure to follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, maybe Zenga. Who knows? Drop us a line at the dadass at gmail, uh, dadasspodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, hike on, dadass. Thank <laughs> you.